Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously never saw Phantom of the Paradise, or... You never saw Last of the Mohicans, or... How have you not seen Heat? again everyone and thank you for joining us for how have you not seen i am your co-host uh and bank robber i'm stealing your bit carson Cameron thompson <laughs> i am i'm a uh uh i'm a oh no i'm a bank teller i'm just doing my job i gotta oh i'm so scared i'm and stunned I'm you did not Betts. i'm stunned you did not go for cop but um but kudos for not doing that. Um, and this is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. <laughs> talk about it. And then we go and watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. And it's going to be a real good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I have to say up top, this is this is a very interesting episode because this is the one where I feel like we have like uh, bent the rules of this podcast more than we ever have. Yes. You yes. still have never seen Heat. No, not all the way. Never seen heat, but this is the the one we have bent the rules for the most. Yeah. And also one of the most shocking. Like, how have you not seen heat? (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I well, the the thing is is that I've watched at least the first 20 to 30 minutes several years ago. And then I didn't uh, finish it. And I don't know the fuck why. I legitimately do not remember. I'm sure that at the time I had a very good reason. Um but I don't know. I don't okay. know. Yeah. You don't know. I don't. Well, if that is the case, um, Corey, I think you said you had a bit. Or something. To do. Uh, it's some of. kind of something to do. Sort of. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, is this the movie where um, ever you, you both have said the Dark Knight is just Christopher Nolan doing heat? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yes. I, I knew it was a Michael Mann movie. I just couldn't remember which Michael Mann movie it was. So I wanted to make sure uh, I was properly priming myself for the Dark Knight, uh, if that's what we were, if that's what we were doing this week. Yes. So in the way that Christopher Nolan just fucking loves Michael Mann in every single one of Nolan's movies is him being like, look, I can also be Michael Mann. Um, <laughs> like the like the Dark Knight is like, see, I can be Michael Mann. I can make heat. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. And it wouldn't it be crazy if the character of the film if we did the city as a character in the film, but it's a city that doesn't exist and it's Chicago, but it's also <laughs> LA, but it's really Chicago, but it's Gotham. It's Philadelphia, Cleveland, Chicago, New York. Yeah. Yes. Gotham. Um, Gotham. That having been said, Corey, that's a, that's a really good segue into um, the next little bit, which is Carson, what do you know about heat? Um, so obviously directed by Michael Mann, you got freaking Pacino in there. You got the Nero in there. Classic guys. Um, Ashley Judd. I feel like there's somebody else that I'm like another big person that I'm oh, yeah. saying. Yeah, probably a few. Um, and it is a I mean we we alluded to it. It's cops and robbers movie. It's a it's a freaking Pacino and De Niro doing heists kind of thing. And it starts, I mean, it starts hot, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really know where it goes from that opening bit. So, and again, it's been years since I saw that, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's and 
you're you're close. I will say the only one thing I will correct you is it's is it's not Pacino and De Niro. Oh, it's uh, De Niro's the cop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, De Niro's okay. the robber. De Niro's or, the or, robber. Or Pacino's the cop. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, that's a good question that I don't know that we've ever brought this up on the podcast, and I think I know the answer. But are you more mm-hmm. of a are you more of a Pacino uh, person or more of a De Niro? I person? am more of a more of a De Niro person, probably. Me as well. I, I, I appreciate I, I, the the sort of um, the 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 kind of uh, the caged the caged intensity of a De Niro more than the sort of uh, over the the bubbling over the top of a of a Pacino. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm thinking of it because I, I just listened to it, but I was, uh, you know, I locked the gates with fucking Marin the other day and, uh, he was interviewing Jeremy Strong, which let me tell you, Jeremy Strong, intense fucking guy, uh, very, yeah, very yeah. intense, uh, you know, well-known, but, uh, and Marin said a thing, which he has said about Pacino a number of times, which is that, uh, he was like talking about how he saw Pacino in a play one time. And he's like, yeah, I don't really think that guy ever stopped doing Scarface. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think that there is to there is a truth to that. Though I will say, in terms of content that is out in the world, um, Al Pacino doing Dunkachino is the greatest gift that has ever been delivered upon humanity by an artist. So you know, have you seen Dunkachino? Um, like just like the commercial? It's a fake commercial from oh, I, be- yeah, I, I, be- I believe the movie. No, 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 I think it's from the movie Jack and Jill, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I have. Then oh, I've Corey, I'm gonna movie. after this, I'm gonna send you a YouTube video. Prepare what yourself. Mad, what a Mad Libs of a sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Dunkachino from Jack and Adam Sandler's Jack and? Because <laughs> well, he says it's not. It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. <laughs> it's it's fucking stupid get ready it's so good um uh, yeah but i think that's about it okay excellent yeah. well in that case are you uh are you ready to go into our little game i am i'm so ready wonderful well in that case we are playing um we're playing the one we do every time we do a romantic comedy i need oh, you yeah. to recast need you to recast this film and I need you to recast uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and okay. I need three different pairings from. Them. Okay, so I'm here. That's the bit. That's here's the, the bit. That's really good. Here's the stipulation. Here's the thing I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna keep it to like time at all. Like I'm not because this movie came out what like ninety ninety five I think five. Okay, I was gonna say ninety four. Um, I'm not. I'm not. We're not keeping it to that to that time period at all. I'm just gonna choose like two guys who I like. Okay. Ooh, um, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Um, ooh, ooh, fuck. I had an idea almost immediately that is maybe a little cursed, but I also kind of love. Are you ready for it? I, I guess. Yeah. What is um, it? So Pacino becomes Robin Wright, and uh, De Niro becomes Ryan Gosling. Oh, and it's just the it's the Blade it's Runner, the Blade Runner thing. Pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And again, we're doing this out of time, but oh yeah, uh, hugely. Gosling uh, would have been a fine age, but uh, uh, Gosling, Gosling would have been, been like eleven. Yeah, yeah, he would have been in the fucking Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or whatever. Um, yeah. Okay, and then that's another good two. Two. Wait, you said you said Robin Wright's Pacino and Gosling is? Did yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's Wright's the, Wright's the, the cop. Yeah, Wright's the cop. Gosling's the robber. Um, okay. Ooh. Okay. 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 Hmm. Okay. All right, get ready. Here's one. The we're gonna do a weird crossover between Widows and Training Day, right? And uh, Pacino becomes Ethan Hawke, friend of the show. Yes, friend of the pod. De Niro. De Niro becomes Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. 
I'd watch not, this. Not where I thought you were going to go. You said you said Training Day and Widows, and I was like, oh, Viola Davis is the cop, and so Washington is the robber. That's Clearly. also that's also a choice. That it, <laughs> those are two different movies, but also those are two movies that I'd watch the uh, shit out of. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, or or Ethan Hawke is the cop, and uh, Viola Davis is the robber, and Elizabeth mm-hmm. Debicki is the robber, and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just a lot of robbers. It's, we're just doing Widows again. All the um, all the ladies and Widows are robbers. Okay, and then great film. What's fucking love one? widows yeah what's another one um huh. michelle rodriguez is a <laughs> michelle rodriguez and vin diesel um okay well okay that leads me to a a lateral path we're gonna do then who's my cop in that situation who is my cop who has the panache no that doesn't work that doesn't work that's too obvious too. We're gonna do okay. All right. Okay. We're gonna do the '90s version. Are you ready? The kind yes. of the cursed '90s version of this movie. The even more '90s version than this movie that came out in '95. Okay. So Pacino becomes Brad Pitt, but like Brad Pitt now, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Current okay, Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt now. Okay. Yes. Not not '90s. Not Fight Club. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. 2022. Okay. Weird weird character actor. Brad Pitt. Yes. And De Niro becomes Keanu Reeves. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. We're doing a, I'm doing a reverso point break, but okay. also add in Pitt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would almost flip those two, I think. Uh, maybe, yeah. I love both of those boys. Yeah. Much younger, but I guess if we're doing yes. now, if we made yes. Heat today and it was Brad Pitt and Keanu Reeves, I'd yes. be into it. I want them, I want them grizzled and gray. Yes. Great. So those were your three. Those Any bonuses? Three. Any bonus uh, bonuses? Well, I mean, uh, of course, Bugs Bunny and fucking Michael Jordan. You just got to get those in there right now. Of course, now. of course. Uh, if you weren't going to do it, I was. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. <laughs> I mean, Michael Jordan's the cop and Bugs Bunny's the robber, yes, right? Yes, of like, course. It has, I mean, has to be. It has to be. <laughs> because Bugs Bunny just like drops a hole in the wall and he gets in and then he comes back <laughs> up and he has a little sack with three dollar signs on it. He chews a carrot and gets away. Yeah, no, um, it's pretty good. What's, yeah, that's, uh, can, I, can I throw a bonus one in? Absolutely, yeah. please. Um, yeah. right, so here's what I'm thinking. Adam Driver and Brad Ooh. Pitt, but specifically in their last duel costumes. Oh, wait, no, not Brad Pitt. You mean Brad Matt Damon. Last Damon. Um, sure, with the weird mullet. <laughs> Damon, I, I, was, I was also thinking weird blonde hair Brad Pitt, but I could go either. I, I think I, you're I thinking see. Troy. <laughs> Um, what, so, well, who's the cop? Who's the robber? It's, well, Driver's the robber. Damon's the cop, right? Yeah. I don't know. Last, they can really go either way. If they're doing last, if we're doing like last duel moves, that's, did I, did I tell y'all that I saw Good Soup? Yes, you sent us. Yeah, we finished. Sent us Snapchat. My roommate and I finally finished watching Girls. And do you guys want to know something about that meme? Uh, that is the third to last episode of the show. That is the last line that Adam Driver's character speaks in that show. And it is the button on the end of a very sad scene. That's pretty excellent. And now it's a TikTok meme, which I think is very funny. Is that a TikTok? It's a meme. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all okay. memes are... T- oh, look, it's 2022. Come on, girl. All, all memes are TikTok memes nowadays. That's true. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's so that's my three. There you go. Are you guys okay? Wonderful. Are you ready to go watch Heat? I am very ready. I'm so fucking excited. Okay, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. This is one of the most intimidating ones we've we've done. It's so big. Yeah, it's such a thing. Thinking about like talking about this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's pretty pretty big. So well, let's right. get to it then. Well, then I guess we are gonna go watch Heat and we'll see you guys in just a minute.
All right, Carson, go ahead and do it. Great ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is exactly what I, I can't. Was. If I actually do it, it's like not. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? I want. I don't know. I wanted to do a joke on it, but there's like the joke is just that he does it. But Chino's fucking performance in this movie is insane. It's like so. This is the number one thing I wanted to talk about because because here's yeah the, it's like the last movie where he has one foot still in reality yes yeah like, I know and then after and, and, and it's, 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 it's slipping like one as foot. The, yeah, yeah as the movie goes along it's he's slipping and slipping and slipping away and you can watch it happen you can see it in his eyes but like so as it you know we talk about this sometimes we're we're, we're theater people we're actors I'm an actor I went to acting school twice and twice two times for way too long I went to acting school and a lot of performances there are performances I see. That I go, oh, wow, you know, I could do that, but it's, like, outside of my ability now, and that's impressive. Like, somebody put in the work to, like, really do that above and beyond. There are performances I see where I'm like, man, you know, that's just something I could never do. I could never do that. Like, that's so interesting. That's so, like, outside of myself. It's impressed me in that way. And then there's this, like, weird third type of performance where I'm like, I, I could do that, but why the fuck would I ever make that choice? No, like, I know. Th- that is, so, like, what, like, what a weird, unthinkable way of approaching a bit of dialogue and that is every fucking scene Pacino's in in this movie yeah it's something I get less with acting in films because Mm -hmm. it is you know it's I mean films are so almost everything of what we see is like corporate product that's been like market research to death but like it is a thing that I find very frequently at like local art exhibitions or like when I go to see like local or indie bands where it's just like the confidence that some people have to just be absolutely batshit out there, I respect so much because I have such a, like, I myself have such a, like, okay, is this good? Like, what's the meaning behind this? Like, yeah, is this working? Like, uh-huh. let me, let me, can I intellectualize this into a place mm-hmm. where I know I'm confident? And some people who can just, like, do whatever the fuck strikes them in the moment and it's like, no, it's my art and, like, that's what I make. It's- and, and Pacino truly does just yell great ass and it doesn't. It it doesn't, you cannot intellectualize why it makes sense. It doesn't really add to the scene in a sort of, from a top-down sense, but it's really fucking compelling, and it really works. And here, let me say, it's a good performance. I really like it. Like it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's endlessly cool to watch. Um, yeah, okay. That, we, we gotta get back to the game. We do have to get back to okay. the game. That being said, I want to share my, my grand take, which is that um, I feel... Uh, Totally unequipped to talk about this movie. I feel like I need to watch it like another three fucking times. Yeah. Like really get it. Yeah, I get that. It's one of those things where I like, it's kind of almost similar to uh, um, broadcast news where somewhat while watching it, but especially by the end, once I got to the last like half hour, I was just so keenly aware of like, holy shit, this is a masterpiece. And I love this. But uh, during watching it, I kind of just could not like drop into it in a way. But by the end, I knew, like, okay, well, like, by the third time I watch this, it's going to be one of my favorite movies fucking ever. Like, right. But, it's, but, but watch, you know, there was just so much going on. I also had a terrible viewing experience for this movie, because earlier in the week, I watched it, like, over the course of three sessions, which was not the way to do Heat, because there's so much going on. So every time I came back to it, it was like, okay, wait, so, like, wait, at what point in this are we at? Like, yeah. what's going on, you know? Um, but, God. It, but it goes so hard. The filmmaking is so interesting. I cannot think of another action movie from the 90s that feels like that. No, correct. Even the more intellectual, like, you know, kind of high, but even like fucking Point Break, which I always say is a great, you know, 
a smarter movie than most people think it is. Like, but but yeah, holy shit. It, yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of movie in there. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Well, like you said, we do have a little game to get back to. And maybe that can um, get those uh, mm-hmm. get those intellectual juices flowing because... Yes. Um, yeah, let's just go into it. So your first, your first recasting okay. of the of the Pacino De Niro uh, role I don't is. Remember what I said at all? Yeah, uh, this one's weird, but um, and it's it's if we were to remake Heat today. Yeah. Uh, Pacino played by Robin Wright, and De Niro uh, played by Ryan Gosling. It's the Blade <laughs> Runner. It's the Blade Runner twenty four. If you remade Heat, which like you shouldn't remake. No. Um, but if you did, like that's not a bad. If you were doing that today. I would watch a different detective movie in which Robin Wright is the cop and yes. he's the he's yes. the bank robber. And it, it can't be this dynamic, but I would watch that. Yeah, watch the shit out of that. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, your second one is another very strange one, but it is uh, Ethan Hawke in okay. the Pacino role. Which, like, I mean, it, it, it's better, but it's, it's it's good. Again, it's it's very Pacino. We just said very singular. I cannot think of somebody who could do that performance exactly. Yeah. And um, and then um, Daniel Kaluuya in the De Niro role Ooh, as the bank robber. That kind of fucks. It's a very different. It's, it's a very different. It's movie. different, but he could tap into Kaluuya's got that that calm. He's got that calm in the midst of the storm thing that De Niro has going on through yes, this whole movie. Like, that has like a profound sadness yeah, way yeah, below it. Yeah, yeah. like I, Kaluuya could del- I, like I can imagine Kaluuya delivering. The, you know, don't get yourself involved with anything. You can't leave within 30 seconds if the heat is on you. Like, imagine him saying that. Oh, yeah. It fucks. Like, what he said. Oh, yeah. It, it fucks hard. Yeah. Um, the next one is the younger, sexier version, at least at the time. But I think it actually works. And I actually think if you made this movie today, it might yeah. actually be like a pretty halfway decent analog. Okay. Um, if you did it, if you remade Heat today with these two actors. But in the uh, Pacino role, you have Brad Pitt. And then in the De Niro role, you have Keanu Reeves. And I kind of like it. I kind of love that. See, that's, that's a <laughs> that's crazy such thing. such a different energy, but I kind of fucking love it. Right. Well, and I mean, that's the thing is it's just, you know, Pacino and De Niro are just a generation above these guys. So like, yeah. it, it makes sense. Like if you do it in the 90s, that's the young, sexy, like popcorn version of Heat. And then if you do it today, it's the like, wait, you made Heat sadder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you made Heat even yeah, more sad? Yeah, you made sad? it like, way sadder. You get, I, I, I don't know, this is interesting, because it's been a while, I feel like Brad Pitt has really been, for the last, like, five years, really in kind of a goofy comedy character actor role space. Yes. Which I love for him. I love, I love the Pitts doing that, especially in his old age. He's not doing movie star shit anymore so much. But, he'd have to really go back and, like, get some of that movie star energy and then I think infuse that with a little bit of the, you know, the, the quirky, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood shit yes. to, like, get that Pacino through. Keanu, the only issue, and this sounds like a put-down, but it's the only issue with it is that, God, this movie, there's so much talking. And, like, that that is not Keanu's strong suit as an actor. Right. Yeah, like, the opening, you do that opening with Keanu Reeves, he fucking sells the shit out of it. Oh, hell yeah. It's so good. Like, oh, watch yeah. Keanu Reeves put on a mask and hold a gun and, like, Great. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and also, and I mean, and also just that final, that final yeah. 10 yeah. minutes at the airport. Mm-hmm. Ugh. The physical acting there would be so, yeah, clear. Yes. And then we we would be remiss, especially for a 90s movie, to not mention our fan favorites yeah. of uh, Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny. Which one is which? Um, looking at the notes that Corey wrote, uh, I think we... Uh, <laughs> I don't think we could determine because Michael Jordan is written down for both. I think there was probably a disagreement. I I think 
No. I think Jordan Bugs Bunny is Pacino. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Bugs Bunny has to be Pacino because he says great ass. Yeah. Imagine if Bugs Bunny. I'm just imagine he walks and he sees some other guy. This is we're getting to the center of the movie, but I I it's I think one of my favorite scenes and probably remains so gonna rewatch is that Pacino walks in. It's not that he catches his wife fucking another man. It's that his wife's there and she's like, here's the other guy I'm fucking. He's sitting on the couch doing nothing. And it's like, and Pacino's reaction is so calm until it's absolutely not. Yeah. Just beats the TV up. And it's simultaneously so tragic and so funny. Um, And yeah, imagining Bugs Bunny doing that would be fantastic. Would be pretty great. Kick the shit out of that. Pretty great. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's start at the beginning. I got to look up the name of the actor because I completely forgot. But like we said at the beginning, the opening of this is fucking the opening of the Dark Knight. It's got the exact same energy. They don't, you know, obviously he infuses a lot of the stuff that comes from the the bank heist in the middle. Right, right. But in terms of the pacing, the way he uses score, a lot of shot selection, the color palette. Yes, that's the fucking, it's the fucking opening of the Dark Knight. They're just wearing different masks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. It's incredible. To the point where like, um... What's the name of the actor? The guy who obviously is in a very different role, but like William Fechner. Yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. That Nolan uses in the beginning of that as like, the as the as the guy who yeah, runs the mob. The guy. Yeah, I mean, and you can yeah. see like I don't know. That's kind of the thing that people always talk about, where it's like, oh, are you just ripping something off, or are you doing a loving homage? And like the fact that like Nolan gets Pacino to be an insomnia is like okay. Well, he's operating on a slightly higher level. This is at the level of homage and not just like straight ripping it off, but. It is kind of, I was kind of amazed at how, just how direct of, of an adaptation it is, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so that opening kicks ass. I like that you essentially have, the, and it's a thing that they do a lot in this movie. It's such a, as much as it is like a movie that is about just like two guys and their relationship and this kind of like cat and, you know, almost like a cat and mouse game that, you know, this detective and this criminal are playing. There are so many little side stories and little characters that that come and go and are set up. You know, you get fucking what's his face. Um, what is the name of the guy? Freaking um, what's the name of the guy? Horrible. A lot of them have horrible long. Are you long talking hair. about Wayne Grow? Yeah, Wayne Grow. Okay. Like, I mean, that first scene you get the initial conflict with Wayne Grow that like doesn't it, it you know gets paid off at the very end of the movie. Um, yeah, and the beginning is just setting up a lot of stuff like that, but it's, it's so exciting. And then I, I don't really know what's going on after that for a little while. There is a lot of like me just kind of being like, what? Me being a dumb movie watcher, especially like I said, watching it over the course of three instances where I'm like, okay, so John Voight's the, he's like the point man. And then the other guy, he's, they're taking the, you know, the bonds to him because they're trying to sell to him, but he's trying to get back at them. Um, and Pacino's daughter is the dad, but you never see the dad. And then later she kills herself. And there's, there's so much going on in this fucking movie, Caroline. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. There's so many characters. And every character is an actor that I go, oh, they're in this. Yes. And one of those, oh, oh my God. You know, fucking Henry Rollins shows up for like a second. And yeah. Like, oh my God, there he is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, when did, when did you first see this movie? Um, it's been a few years. Yeah. Um, it's been a couple of years now, but yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly when, right. but I, I am, I am definitely like a recent, like, like, uh, 
like a recent yeah. viewer that like kind of had a lot of context going into it. This mm-hmm. wasn't like a film that like I saw at like 16 and had it all like fly right over my head. I saw it at like 25 and had it all fly mm-hmm. right over my head. No, um, yeah. Uh, what do we think of, what do you think of Val Kilmer's hair? Oh, I mean, like, it's great. He's great. I wish Val Kilmer, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I think Val Kilmer is like, maybe not like the best person in the world to work with, but like, I wish he was still around because, yeah, um, he's not healthy enough to do it anymore. That's the thing, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 That, the hair I really had a back and forth with because it's one of those classic 90s hairstyles where if it falls in just the right way, it's really cool. And if not, it's, like, really dumb. No, absolutely. Like, Kilmer, why are you doing your hair like that? Like, your wife should just leave you because your hair's dumb. Um, But, yeah. Got him. Got him, yeah. I I don't know, but, like, the thing I'm thinking about, especially at the end of this movie, is that every character in this movie just kind of has everything taken from them. Like, this is about, like, this movie is clearly about just, like, not even cycles of violence so much, but just kind of the, you know, the repetitive nature of violence and the repetitive nature of, of revenge and getting back at people and, and how these things lead to one another. And like every single dude in this fucking movie by the end of it just is completely just hollowed out and left for nothing. And yeah. if they don't full on die, they're like, you know, might as well, might as well have, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing with the last confrontation with De Niro saying he's not going to go back because he, he already gave up that one woman that might have loved him that he might have had a life with that like oh it's just horrible I don't know this movie is very sad yes this movie is very very sad it's very exciting but then it's immediately sad after every time it's exciting yes and can I build on what you just said and and kind of my grand thesis about this film yes is I agree everybody loses everything all the Mm -hmm. time um even the people who are not directly involved Mm -hmm. like lose everything and um, it's less about, in my mind, like, I think that it is using cops and robbers as, like, a metaphor mm-hmm. for it. But it is not about, like, oh, crime doesn't pay kids. It's your job isn't important. Capitalism yeah. is bad. Yeah. If all you do is you do your job because your job is your job and that's the only thing you focus on, you and everyone around you is going to suffer. And I think that like cops and robbers is like a very good avenue to explore that because like cops are, I mean, especially like in the nineties, like Mm -hmm. right now we're having a bit of a cultural moment that I particularly Mm -hmm. think is pretty great. That Like people are pretty like weary about uh, what cops are. But um, I think that cops, especially in the nineties, but, and especially at this point, how they're portrayed in cinema as like a, like they are, it's the most noble profession. It mm-hmm. is the, it's the dirty work that like has to be done in order for society to like function. Allegedly, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly. And, um, and it is this like respectable, noble, like thing that just like has to be done. And bank robbers are like the coolest fucking thing yeah, in the world. The coolest like, version of a criminal is a, is a bank robber wearing a suit. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I mean, it's been that way, like almost as long as American cinema has been around since like, you know, the fucking yeah. like bank robber, like G-Men movies of the thirties. Like yeah. when, when bank robbers were heroes and mm-hmm. like everybody loved them. Um, and it's just that thing of like, all of these people are shown to have like people in their lives who care about them. Mm-hmm. And, like, who want them to be, like, safe and happy and are, like, 
don't work so fucking hard. Like I'm right here. Like I love you. And then yeah. they say, no, I have to work. Yeah. Like I have to it. work. And it's partially about like obsession, but I also think there is like a, if not like capital A, capital C, anti-capitalist message yeah. here. I do think that it is a meditation on like purpose and like what jobs I, yeah, I definitely take it as a meditation on purpose. That makes a lot of sense. Just because, like, I mean, you do have... I mean, you, you set up those first, like, two... Really, it's like that first sequence of scenes. You have the initial first robbery and then all the stuff with De Niro and his guys and, and Wayne Grow and the attempted murder of him. Where the setup is suggesting, like, look at these cool-ass bank robbers. Look at them do their job really well. Like, De, De Niro, if you're going to get a guy to sell that... Fucking Robert De Niro's the dude to get. Uh-huh. You know, wearing a cool suit, walking all cool, using the cool bank robber lingo. And then, like, Wingro breaking that with that just, like, senseless act of violence. Like, killing that cop for, you know, for literally no reason, just because he, like, thinks the guy's looking at him funny. That goes a long way towards initially breaking that perception, you know, and then also just the setup of Pacino of like this hardworking PI who's like the wife's like, oh, you need to come home, your daughter. There's a lot of like internal stress, and you think it's going to be this like kind of traditional film noir narrative where he's this hard bitten guy, but he he like truly is just a shell of a guy, yeah. just a shell of a man. Just he has nothing other than his job, and like, and it doesn't even seem as though his job's bringing him that much satisfaction, and like similar. For De Niro, like De Niro's, it's not as though, you know, there's no scene in which he really talks about like why he got into bank robbing. Like I do this because I want status. I do this because I want money. I do this so I can, I you know, fucking travel to Cuba and buy my cousin's way out of prison. You know, like right. I have some grand, you know, reason to be doing this. It's just that was the thing he fell into. He went into prison and now he's in survival mentality and his his thing is I just won't go back. Like that is his big thing is I, this is the thing I do. And you know, you could critique that by saying, well, my dude, if you don't want to go back to prison, I think the thing you should probably do first is reconsider your line of work because a uh, pretty high likelihood of getting you sent back to the clink. Um, yeah. And I mean, you just like all the issues with Al Kilmer, all the issues with, um, oh, what is the name of the actor? I was just looking it up. Um, uh, Dennis Haysbert. His whole mm -hmm. character, that whole buildup is so fun. I think that his character is a very good microcosm, Caroline, of like what you're saying in terms of he's presented with this guy. He initially has nothing to do with the plot. He's just a, you know, some other character. He gets out of prison. His wife's really rooting for him. He gets some shitty job in a restaurant. Like, has enough, this dude has enough confidence that you really believe he's like, no, I'm trying to get off on the right foot. I'm not trying to go back to my old life. I know how to do this job and I will do it if you pay me. And that's a very, you know, it's fucking simple ass ask. And the dude's just a giant asshole to him because that's often what the system does to people that are trying to get, you know, trying to improve their life and be better. And by the time he just runs in, De Niro's like, oh wait, this guy's part of the plot now. Like, you, you partially you're like, hey man, don't fucking throw all this away. Like, you, you know, stay here and build something. But also you you get why he's just like, no, fuck you. No, There's 100%. Like, like if I'm going to live in this, you know, in this hellscape world where nothing has meaning, like, might as well try and score something in that, you know, like get something out of this, you know. But, and then just the fact that he dies and there's no fanfare and there's no bombast and you never really come back to that, to that plot point. It's, it's hugely sad. It's just really, 
Yeah. Ugh. And I mean, I think that's a good... He's just a footnote in history. He, he's not even the main character in this fucking movie, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that, like, that is, like, very much... Uh, you know, it, I mean, you st- mm-hmm. you talk about even in the first scene, like Wangro kills the guy because he feels like yeah. he has to. He's yeah. like, well, that's the job. Like, like yeah. he looked at me funny. Like he he caught a glimpse of me. Okay, I have to kill him. And like the like um, Al Pacino would later say, it was just like, well, they had already killed like two of the guards, mm-hmm. so like they know that a third one's not going to make a difference. So it's like it's like they're everybody is doing these things out of a sense of. Like, what's the word? Like, just like obligation. And it's like, well, I'm in this job and this is what you do if you're in this job. It's you do this thing next. And that sets the entire thing up. Like, like it all starts with Wayne Grove just looking at the guy and being like, oh, he caught a look at me. And if he catches a look at me, then I have to kill him. And that makes them kill the next guys, which means Pacino is now on the case because Mm -hmm. he's the homicide detective. And like, it's, it's now under his jurisdiction. And, and then, you know, and it goes, it just goes and goes and goes and goes from there. Like every decision that is made is like what I have to do because of my job. And like you as the audience, exactly like what you're saying, you're sitting there, it's like, you just don't have to do this. Like, just quit. Just stop. You could just don't. You could do anything else. Like Pacino, Pacino, like go transfer to a different department. You could fucking, you know, make make some money, enjoy your time with your third wife and file paperwork for the rest of your life. Like that would be fine. But right. Yeah, like because he doesn't because I mean the frustrating thing there is it's similar, it's again, it's the flip side of the Nero thing where it's like, it's not as though we have a scene where Pacino's like, this is why I joined the force. Like this yeah. is like this is the thing I'm trying to prevent. Like, oh my my dad got killed by bank robbers, so now I I try to catch the bank robbers. It's just like no. In the same way that Cruella develops parents, yeah, yeah we're by sense, dog, which you know? is again a weird thing because by the end of Cruella, seems like she likes Dalmatians. Are we setting up a sequel to Cruella? Cruella, where there's two for the L's. There's, there's two nine, L's, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Two eyes, <laughs> but Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking like, yeah, it's it's he doesn't. Like, even the way when he first shows up on the scene after they're investigating that first murder, he's very cold and very calculating about the way that the murder, he's not, you know, he's not mourning these two guys. He's not like, eh, they were good guys, good dudes on the force, boys in blue, whatever the fuck. He's just like, eh, they killed two of them. Well, they killed that guy first and they're not going to leave another one alive. So they got to do this, this, and this. Like, it's why he and De Niro are good. You know, they understand each other when they have that meeting at the center of the movie. Yeah. Because they're fundamentally the same dude. Just on the other, you know, no, 100%. Side, whatever. That's 100%. the whole thing. They're just like, they're dudes who do their job. Why do they do their job? I don't know, because they're just kind of compelled to, but they're really, really good. Well, and that's the fucking thing is they both say like, it's because, oh God, I I have the line pulled up right here, which is also funny because if you literally go to the IMDb uh, quotes from this movie, it's just like, it's just the entire diner scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's just a break every third line Mm -hmm. and there's a new entry. But it's just, um, uh, it's just De Niro says, I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Mm -hmm. You catch guys like me. Yeah. Or you try to stop guys like me. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, boy, how depressing is like, that? <laughs> and, and, the, and that whole scene is great because like they don't hate each other. They no. don't dislike each other. It's not as though he comes in and you, you, you could imagine. I mean, obviously you could imagine a different movie in which he comes in and there's a tremendous amount of anger, especially on Pacino's part, because he's like, you killed three of my guys. Like, you know, take, take, take any sort of like societal expectations about what killing police mean out of it and just turn it into two groups of people. Yeah. And you killed three of my people. I'm mad at you because I'm on the other side. Right. No, 100%. You're my guys. Like, you know, 
And and like there's none of that. It's if they come in and immediately goes, I understand you, you understand me, we are the same dude, we just happen to be on different sides. And it ends with they just have a begrudging respect for one another that is very evident in the way they're talking about it. And it just ends with, you know, him being like, well, what if it comes down to it? Like, what if we're on the other side? And he's like, I'll fucking take you out. And he's like, yeah, same. I'll take you out. Like, if, yeah, if it comes um, down to it, we're going to kill one another because that's, we're doing our fucking jobs. And he's like, nothing personal. You yeah. Know, obviously, I don't dislike you. You seem like a fine dude. But, like, but if I have to kill no, you, I'll shoot you in the fucking face. Yeah, there's yeah. no morality or sense of duty or justice to any, any of this on either side of it. It's just like, yeah, this is what's going on. And, and then that's the end of the movie. I mean, it is... I, I do think, like, my guess is that if I were to... And I obviously will watch this movie again. I'm going to watch it a bunch. But if I watch it back, it seems like the kind of movie where I'm like, I bet this fits pretty cleanly into sort of a five-act structure. Because it, it, it's one of those. It's kind of a, a long tail. There's a lot of subplots. Um, but it does feel very clean in terms of you have that diner scene... And you can immediately imagine, oh, well, the end of the movie is going to be this. And that is the end of the movie. And it's so fucking satisfying when you get there. Despite yeah. the fact that by the end of that diner scene, I'm like, okay, well, the end of this movie is that it's, you know, De Niro says the thing. It's like, he's going to, I probably thought to myself, I'm like, he's going to leave Edie. You know, he's going to, you're going to get that thing because he says you got to fucking leave people behind. You know, if the heat's on your back within 30 seconds, doesn't matter how much you love him. You can't love anything that much. And then it's going to come down to it and they're going to start shooting at each other and one of them's going to win. And here's the thing, the one that wins, it's kind of arbitrary. It's a little like, and like Pacino yeah. gets it, but I, I think that it's really cool that it, it just ends with De Niro dying. There's no, the cops come to clean it up. There's no, Pacino has a final line. There's no. There's no, no, I kill those people. I hear yeah. me the hero, Los Angeles yeah. needs. Yes, exactly. There's, There's no, no catharsis at all. It is just, well, one of them happened to get over on the other one and well, the movie's done. Yeah. It's over. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's, it's good. It's a very good movie. Well, and and the thing is, too, is like when De Niro dies, mm-hmm. you as the audience member are like, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. want Al Pacino to die either. Yeah, if he'd kill Pacino, he'd be like, that fucking sucks. He, he maybe was going to get back with his wife. Maybe. Probably not. But maybe. <laughs> but maybe. Maybe. Like, Wait, you know what you can't do when you're dead? Get back, get back with, with your wife. wife. Definitely like, not. You know what you can do if you're alive if you want to? Yeah. Maybe, maybe try. Maybe get back with your maybe your Maybe your stepdaughter will survive. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Who's to say? That fucking scene sucks. The bathtub scene with Portman is the worst. Yes. Pacino, that's the, I think that's the best bit of acting Pacino does. The whole, the physical performance of him trying to, like, put her together. And simultaneously, he's like a dude, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a fucking cop. Like, he probably knows how to bandage a wound. Right. And clearly he shows he does. He both snaps into action, but also there's this kind of, like, there's this manic energy to... He just doesn't know what to do. He doesn't quite know where to, well, fuck, where are the cuts? Where, you know, is she? Why would you do this? Why did you come to my... I like that we never really get an answer to, like, why did she go to his hotel room? Like, why was that the place, you know? Am I stupid? Did I miss that? Or no, I don't think yeah, so. Like, I mean, I think it's just... I mean, it's just the... It's I mean, it's the whole thing with all of it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, De Niro has, like, a... Mm-hmm beautiful younger woman who is in love with him and wants to travel mm. the world with him and yep. Val Kilmer has a great wife who like is clearly and a like, blonde ass child yeah who yeah. like clearly he is mistreating and like would love to mm-hmm. to be with him and it's just like the, the thing too of just like he's got uh, Pacino's got a nice wife with a with a really great young mm-hmm. kid uh, and a beautiful home and it's just like 
I think it's just, you know, in the same way that, you know, you always hear about this with, um, you know, like divorced families where it's just like the mother gets custody of the kid and the dad is a workaholic mm. and like blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's kind of like the the very generic like you know story of how those things go yeah and it's just like the dad isn't there the dad is absent she like your introduction to the character is like oh my god i'm like i'm really nervous because i'm gonna like be spending time with my dad and all Mm. the adults are like oh he's gonna fucking disappoint you hun yeah it's so bad and so i think it's just another thing in his life that could be going really well were he there yeah like there is this like young girl in search of a father who like desperately needs and wants a father and like they have a good rapport, they get along, they like each other and he ostensibly is the one who's supposed to be stepping into that father role and he just... He's got to, he's got to, he's got to put away bad guys. Pacino's just so aware of like, "Eh, she needs a dad. (laughs) And you want somebody to be like, Pacino, no, you, you should be. Yeah, you need to be the guy, man. (laughs) You could do this. And then, yeah, like, uh, it's so, it's so fucking sad and so unexpected that was truly so where i was like oh shit like i was like oh yeah. no where did that come from um yeah and i mean i think it just like in a in a very like meta way like yeah. i think it's just a way for the film to be like guess what shit happens when you're not around and not like literally yeah in the sense of just like oh like if you are an absent father like then like your child will you know, will be depressed and might self-harm. But like, literally like, it's like, it's like, why did this happen? Why does Natalie Portman's like teen character just try to like, try to, you know, like take her own life, like in the middle of the fucking movie. And it's like, it's like, well, you would know that Mm -hmm. if Al Pacino, uh, if his character was present in this young girl's life, but he's not. So you as the audience have missed her entire life. And therefore you don't know. Camera wasn't pointing at this character during the time she's still out doing stuff. And it it isn't literally like, oh, well, like being absent like leads to estrangement when I say like shit happens it's like the film is just like these characters have all of these lives and like Mm -hmm. these are real people and shit is going on that you just are going to like literally miss I I like it's bringing back like I like there's a lot of little details like that I like that um uh fucking fucking uh uh, what's his name I just missed it Val Kilmer when Kilmer shows back up to the hotel and he's cut his hair. Yeah. And like, you don't need some fucking scene if Val Kilmer cut his hair to understand like, oh, he's trying to, he's on the lane. He's trying to get out. He's trying to, fuck, yeah. you know, that's a, oh my God. See, this is just turning into like, fuck, all these scenes in the back half of the movie are so goddamn tragic. Yeah. But like, it sucks. You kind of, I mean, I don't know, but watching it, I was like, fucking give him up, hun. Like, get yourself out of this. Like, fuck yes. that guy. Get him out. And it's so tragic that she's that she's done with this guy. That she's like affirmatively done with him. Like I'm getting my fucking kid out, and we're not doing it anymore. And like, and then De Niro just fucking gives her that forceful ass talking to, and then she's kind of reminded of why she loves him, and then it's he makes the smallest bit of effort, and so he and so she protects him. Like it, it yeah. fucking sucks. It's like not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, West Studi back in this movie. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that dude rules. Dude rules. Uh, is West Studi complete, complete uh, yeah. non sequitur? But is West Studi gonna be in Avatar two? Let's find out. What? Yeah, he should be. Cause I mean, he's in Avatar one. Yeah. Wait, is he? Yeah, he's uh, he's. It's, it's, oh yeah, he is. Holy shit! I did. Oh, man. It just it does not look like West Studi is in. That's weird. That's a weird character to not. Does he die? In the first die. Avatar? He might die at the end in that final battle. 
I think he does. I haven't seen that movie in 15 years. I literally, I literally saw it like six weeks ago. Really, yeah, I gotta re-watch but it. Was, it. It was uh, unimportant uh, at the time. I was uh, just really, uh, really stunned you by the thinking officials. about West Studi. I we weren't not. tracking West Studi like we have been. Uh, uh, West Studi now entering into the club of actors we've covered two times. Yeah. In this season. It's West Studi, Danny Trejo, yeah. uh, Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah, some, some some good people. Some good, good boys. Some, some very good people. But, um, like, this movie, I, I mean, like, its legacy is felt. Like, obviously, like, again, it's part of my thing just being like, I feel very unequipped to talk about this movie because it, I, I can feel the legacy of this thing so, you know, I, I, I can fucking feel it. Like, I, I see things in this movie and you go, oh, that's why in fucking movies today. Like, that's why they do right. that in action movies. That's why they, you know... Well, and I mean... Using shaky cam like that. That's why you're... Yeah, and I mean, like, we, we've talked about the Nolan Dark Knight of it all, yeah. but it's, like, it's, like, literally this film so directly inspired, like, a film that, like, literally changed yeah. pop cinema forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, not even, like, oh, like, you can, like, like, Heat was putting some things out in the water that, like, you know, that... 20 years later would manifest somewhere. No, it's literally 13 years later. Chris Nolan is like, I'm making heat, but it's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, and I mean, I made this joke over on Patreon, but at the very beginning of this year, we covered the Taron Edgerton Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And I, I made the joke that I was like, Chris Nolan so thoroughly ripped off heat that when they made this Robin Hood film, they knew to put they, the bank heist in the yeah, middle. They like unintentionally did a heat ripoff in, in yeah. fucking Robin Hood. It's yeah. like the big the big heist yep, scene yep. is the midpoint of the movie mm-hmm. because the bank. Like, you oh god, they should have. Now like that movie now looks I'm just thinking, like heat because that does. movie looks just it like the does. Dark Knight. No, that's what I'm saying. And now I'm thinking. I'm like, wait a second. If you match it one to one, I mean, Robin Hood does not have the, the fucking like long meand- meanderings. The wrong word that seems kind of insulting. But, like, the meandering five-act structure of Heat. But I am yeah. thinking now, I'm like, wait, is the first long talk that Robin Hood and the Sheriff of Nottingham have, is it also dead in the middle? Is it right after the bank heist? And I can't remember. I don't think so. No, 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 because 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 in, in Robin Hood, as we yeah. all know, yeah. he, he, pulls a, he pulls a Batman Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he, he, has, he has Robin of Loxley, and he has the Hood, that's true, that's and true. he pretends to be funding the church. And pretends true. to be funding the sheriff. And they have the talk after the the gala. It's during the gala they have yes. the talk. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what, a film. what a film. I still think I've seen that film more than anybody else on the planet. I agree. I think you have. I Yeah. I point that out. You know how many times I talk about it? Like, have you seen Robin Hood? And they go, what? Like, the Russell Crowe, I know, know the Terran actors. And they go, and people go, what? That doesn't <laughs> like, exist. That's, and uh, you're like, exactly. I'm like, but... exactly. It doesn't. But uh, you can watch it. It's on streaming. You can watch it tomorrow if you want. And they go, why would I do that? I go, because you should. And then you could go over to patreon.com. Yeah, and then listen to our episode about it. Yeah, exactly. Pay uh, for for what? I think I think $5 you can get our episode on Robin yeah, Hood. And then like a gazillion other episodes that we put out over the last year and a half. Okay, I have a question yes, for you. Yes, give me Is De Niro hot? Ooh. Because I, I was, th- okay, because context. I have an ex-girlfriend who thinks Robert De Niro is like the hottest man alive. That is very strange. It's very strange. But, I, so I always think about it every time I look at Robert De Niro. I'm like, is this guy, like, what is it? What is it? Hold on. I am going to turn the gain on this mic all the way down, and then you're going <laughs> to say which girlfriend it is, because I have to know. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. Fair. Weird. I mean, yeah. 
that that's fine. She is one of your girlfriends who makes sense because yeah, I, I know your life. But also, like, <laughs> you have a couple far more unhinged exes. I thought maybe that take would be coming from. So no, no, it's not an unhinged take. It's just a like you know. That's probably why she likes me. I've got big old man energy. You know? <laughs> no, okay. Is Robert De Niro hot or is Robert De Niro hot specifically in heat? <sighs> That's a good question. Is he hotter in heat or is he hotter in Godfather 2? Oh, he's hotter in Godfather 2. But I think there might be people that would disagree. I just I think personally... that's I think that's what I'm trying to get at here is I think that there's a I think that there's something about salt and pepper Robert De Niro knows what everything's going on in bank robbing that I think that people are a little into. I personally think the the facial hair in this is a little it's a little bit. Yes. Well, Siri my, China? my Apple Watch just listened to everything I just said. Okay, get out of there, Siri. Stop. Um no, I think that I think that the facial hair is a little egregious and I think I think Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro specifically in this movie is the kind of guy yeah. that if yeah. I went to like a work Christmas party yeah, yeah, yeah. and one of my coworkers who was like of the proper age to yeah. be married to Robert De Niro is like, hi, this is my husband, Robert. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be like, hi, Robert. And then I would go home and I'd be like, and he'd talking. say, call me Bobby. And, yeah, sure. <laughs> he'd say, call me Bobby. And I'd be like, oh my God, so-and-so's husband, like Robert, yeah. like, like nice guy, like like yeah. good looking guy, handsome guy. I hope he treats her well. Look at them. Yeah. 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 Whereas if I was out with my girlfriends and Robert De Niro walked into a bar and somebody ah, was like, "Oh my yeah, god, yeah. look at that hottie," I would be like, "What is wrong <laughs> with you?" Yeah, I agree. I think that's the correct take. If I saw, but again, I think Robert De Niro. I think maybe what it is. I think in this movie, Robert De Niro is exuding big sugar daddy energy. <laughs> I, I don't know if I agree with that or not. I think he would pay for your purses with his bank robbery money. <laughs> I mean, fair. But like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, okay. So, okay. So another side drag, another thing. They're hypothetical. They, he, Mann wrote the book that is the sequel to this. Yes, man heard, meaning Michael Mann. Michael Mann. <laughs> yes. The, I thought you were like, the, the man, man wrote. The man yeah. comma Michael. Yes. Um, yes, he did. The man, a character in School of Rock. Um, no, but Michael Mann wrote the sequel book to this. I am fat. I don't know what the fuck that would be. So it and is. It is yeah, simultaneously a prequel and a sequel. Ah, one of those. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And is is there a? Because I've heard mixed things in my readings. Is the thing that that might turn into a movie? Is that the idea? Um, I have heard no. I have heard that the reason they published it as a book is because like so much of it is prequel and i think it takes place relatively soon after okay the events of heat so you would have to recast pacino and de niro two times rather than well i well, mean you couldn't de niro yeah de Niro's he's dead, dead. yeah but, you would have to recast him it's cool yeah but so it just like wouldn't work however i mean i could see them they could do a legacy this could be the first legacy prequel sequel oh. and they could just, they can just, like, that's the thing is you can just recast people and it's fine. We talked about this again over on Patreon and HHYN.com slash HHYNSPod. I think the recasting in uh, Dr. Sleep is so fucking impressive yeah. and good. And like, they can just do that. They can just do that. 
You could do a young Pacino, young De Niro. Okay. And the, see, this is how... And you can even do it, like, quote-unquote, like, out of continuity. I guess you couldn't call it Heat 2. Yeah. But you could do, like, you know, you could pick anybody you want. You don't have to cast lookalikes. Like, you could literally cast Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be like... Just do, like, no, it's like a spiritual sequel to Heat. Like, yeah, well, you know. and even, like, I don't know. It's that fucking thing of, um, like, like, I'm just thinking of... Things that are nebulously remakes or reboots or sequels. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. you, can just, you can just recast them. You can just recast this, them. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, I don't know. Let, let's adapt the book. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. Dr. Sleep is, yeah, it's, uh, is an adaptation almost a good example. Sequel. Yeah, exactly. But they do, they do take the Kubrick movie. stuff mm-hmm. too much. But, like, it is that thing where it's just like, you can just make, like, a, a, a book, a movie of the book, and just be like, Daniel Kaluuya's playing the Robert De Niro role. It's fine. This question is how, you know, I have nothing else smart to say about Heat, right? Yes. Is Avatar The Way of Water like a sequel? Does it count? If you release a No, because they started movie, production, they started production like a day after. But if you release a movie more than a decade after the first one comes out... <laughs> Uh, Does that count? I'm going to say no. Okay. It is a direct sequel with the same cast and the same director that they started working on like the day after the first one opened. If we get to, because we're going to talk about this movie. We're doing a, we're doing an episode of this podcast about that movie. I hope you know that. It's got to be on Patreon, but we're doing it. About Avatar 2? Yes, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Oh, twist my fucking arm. Oh no. Talking about James Cameron for money. Ah. Yeah. 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 So if we watch that movie and we get to the end of it and we're like, Fuck, this movie was actually metatextually about our cultural relationship to, to Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> Does that make it a legacy sequel? Okay, here's the thing about here's the thing about Avatar 2, and okay. we are just fully off on a tangent. Yes, exactly. Is the fact that he called this movie the way the way of water, is that a fucking like fuck you to Catherine Bigelow? Because she made the movie The Weight know, of Water. Oh, I know. Is that him being like, no, 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 no. Whatever anybody thinks about your movie, they're not thinking about my movie. I mean, it doesn't... Here's the thing. Based upon what I know about their relationship, I don't think it would be a fuck you. I think it would be more of a like... Like a hey, hey, Like... Okay. Like, excuse, excuse my French, but I think it's more James Cameron being like, hey, gotcha, bitch. Like, <laughs> like I, it's, not, it's not like an impassioned fuck you. It's like a pulled one over. Like, yeah. And it is because she did beat him for best picture that the fucking year he released Avatar. So it does kind of... In terms of the legacy of their relationship, it does make sense if he's like, I'm just stealing, like, SEO clout from your movie. Like, <laughs> that's, that's why I named it this. But uh, also, like, nobody knows about the fucking weight of water, you know? Well, I know. Well, that was my thing. Is like, I was thinking about it because I was like, Avatar 2, the weight of water. And I was like... That's not what it's called. Or the way the of way water. Of I was water. like, wait, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. wait, there's a movie called The Way, The Weight of Water. Yeah. And I was like... And then, like, like my brain started turning. And I was like, I was like, that's like, that's a Catherine Bigelow movie. I'm like, I'm like, no, there's no way. I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting too many wires crossed. There's no way to, that's, there's no way that's actually a Catherine Bigelow movie. I'm definitely just like grasping at straws a little bit. And then I like Googled it and I was like, no, that's a Catherine Bigelow oh, movie. Shit. I was like, that rat bastard. I mean, I love James Cameron. I mean, I love all my That's one of the reasons I love him. He's such an asshole. Because <laughs> he's a petty little bitch. He's a petty little bitch. Fucking, um, I listened to, uh, um, uh, Kate. I, my names tonight are not happening. Uh, Titanic. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yes. Yeah, I was listening to an interview with Kate Winslet where she was talking about these movies, which is the thing that happens anytime I hear an actor talk about the Avatar movies, where when they have the section where they go, well, I don't know which sequel I'm in, but I'm in one of them. I just, is I Kate literally Winslet don't. in the Avatar sequel? She shot, I don't know if she's in this one, but she said she shot 
she was there for like three weeks. Shoot. Hell yes. Like she went to James Cameron's big weird, like there's big weird, uh, like totally green screen CGI. Oh baby, oh baby. No, she's in two. She's in two? Okay. She's in two. Yeah, because she, like her whole thing was like, I do not know which one I'm in, but I'm in one of them. I'm not sure which though. And uh, Second build, according to IMDb. Really? According to IMDb, it's Zoe Sal- And this might be like an order of appearance. Or Natiri. This might be an order of appearance, but according to the way it is built on IMDb, it's Zoe Saldana, Kate Winslet, Sigourney Weaver, then Sam Worthington. Imagine. Which actually makes sense with their star power, but you would say, think that. Imagine being both in a, one of the most popular, like, well, you know, like, highest earning movies of all time, being the lead in that movie, and then being such. So little of a movie star that in the sequel you don't get top you billing. You get fourth billing. Get fourth. Well, you know who is in the billing? Uh, motherfucking Edie Falco. I didn't know that. That's bizarre. I'm I love so Edie Falco. Stoked. I'm making my way through. The, I'm doing my first watch of The Sopranos right now. Oh. <laughs> really stoked on that. What if they go and there's a different tribe of uh, of Italian American Italian American Navis. <laughs> Oh, and they make pasta with their fucking big weird tails. All right, Carson, do you have anything left to say I, about the Michael Mann film? That's my thing. Like, really, I'm like, this movie's, I, I'm like, this movie's really good. I feel like I need to watch it another four times before I get the familiarity with it that I like yes. truly need to like say anything profound about the movie Heat. Um, I love, okay, I'll say one little detail that I like. I like that it's a visual thing. That there's a lot of scenes in Heat where the way... Uh, the way he shoots the like lightings and backgrounds of the characters, you just get two characters in a conversation, and the background doesn't look real. It looks almost like a fucking like expressionistic stage play. Like there's some like times when he, the way he shoots L.A. approaches the way fucking David Lynch shoots L.A. and Mulholland Drive, where it looks like a dreamscape. It looks like not a real place. It's just like two characters caught up amidst the sky. And I think that that's really cool and it's really striking. And Hell like, yeah. yeah. And that's probably the only thing else I have to say about Heat that's not just like dumb babble. No, I mean, that's what the, that's why we podcast. That's why we podcast. Dumb babble about movies. Dumb babble about movies. Well then, I think that's Heat. That is Heat, yes. Um, Corey, would you like to tell all the nice people on the internet where they can find us? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Pod. Follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, our individual accounts, Carson is at FunMovieZone. Caroline is at CK Cinema, and I am at Corey Reagan. Uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you would like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. Why, thank you. Caroline, do you want to know what we're talking about next week? I really do, because I was just playing up the spreadsheet because I'm like, oh my God, but then I'm realizing that this is my movie, so I don't Is know. it? I'm pretty sure it was me. Ooh, actually, next week is, <laughs> we are both wrong. Next week is one of our listeners submitted. Oh, shit. That's right. All right. So I'm going to do it for the okay, third time. Let's see if maybe we can we can, we can can reel in some 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 fish on this one. Mm-hmm. But um, if you head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod, if you subscribe to our highest tier, yeah. we reach out to you mm-hmm. and uh, we work with you to pick a movie for a season that you get to pick. Um, and so this is um, a listener submitted one um, from Caitlin Matthews, who uh, submitted The Taking of Deborah Logan last season. Yep. Um, we are doing one of the few films from this filmmaker that I have not seen. We are doing John Carpenter's The Ward. A movie I had not heard of until... 
I was told that we're doing it. I went, John Carpenter, John Carpenter, John Carpenter? Yes. He didn't do anything called The Ward. A and film. Then, and then I Google it and I went, oh, he did. Yes, a film that literally in the beginning of the episode, I'm like, wait, this movie came out in 2010? I'm like, oh, John Carpenter didn't direct that then. John Carpenter <laughs> must have only produced it. And I looked it up and he very much directed so directed that it. fucking film. He so directed it. So um, I'm going to be the one billionth person on the planet to say mm. this, but um, John Carpenter, direct another movie. Do it. Do it. That's all we we talked about it in the first half of that one. We're gonna talk about yeah. it a lot in the second, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you all next week when we talk the board. Mm-hmm.